Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Play smart, play at Oaks. Now, here's John Dickinson. All right, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, we're with you here on a Saturday on 95.7 The Game. Good to be with you, Whitey Gleason, after you had last weekend off. And, yeah. uh, man, a lot to talk about in the world of sports and in the world of the Golden State Warriors. Celtics in town tonight. The Warriors dealing with some injuries. we we got to get on the debacle that was Ugh. Wednesday night in Salt Lake City. But, uh, yeah, good good to be with you, my man. Yeah, great to be with you, J.D. I was Last night, you know, I was watching NBA games. I was watching uh, Dallas-Milwaukee and, of course, the, the Lakers and that crazy game with the Sixers and watching some of the, the Kings and the Cavs. And I was thinking – this is weird. It's Friday. The Warriors should be playing. Don't the Warriors always play on Friday? And I looked it up, and you I mean, you're you're the type of person who would appreciate this. Last night was only the second Friday since this season started that the Warriors did not play. They played every Friday uh, in November. So it does seem like they've been, yeah, it's like Friday the Warriors are supposed to play, but of course tonight they got the nationally televised game. And to your point, you know, a lot going on in the Bay Area this week, uh, good and bad with Brock Purdy playing quarterback and the arson judge story. So the Warriors in a way <laughs> took a, almost took a back seat, but tonight front and center against the Celtics in the finals rematch and no Wiggins, which will especially be a problem tonight because as you know, J.D., Right now, the Celtics, for what it's worth, their offensive rating right now is like the highest any team has ever had. And so they have improved dramatically uh, in the half court since they, their collapse in the finals last year. They're a team that, that feels like they've got something to prove this year and certainly tonight. So looking forward to this one uh, tonight uh, at Chase Center. Yeah, it should be a, a good one, and, and unfortunately for the Warriors, good news, bad news, right, as far as the injury report goes. Steve Kerr had ruled Andrew Wiggins out before the game in Utah on Wednesday for tonight's game, so so not great news on that front as far as Wiggins and the adductor injury, but good news coming yesterday from Warriors practice, both Stephen Curry and Draymond Green back at practice and back in action for the Warriors tonight. But, uh, yeah, rematch of the finals. What a series that was. I know you and I had pre- and post-game for mm. the entirety of, of that series as we did a lot of the post-games during the playoffs together. And, yeah, it's it's this is just a big-time matchup. You can see why the NBA, in, in the debut of the, the Saturday Night Showcase, the little, the little preview before Christmas yeah, and before yeah. you get into that post-football portion of the of the NBA schedule you can see why the NBA wanted to you know wanted to put those two 
uh, on this on this night tonight. Yeah, uh, you know when Pat Riley coached those great Laker teams, he would you know a team that has won as much as those teams won, a team that has won as much as the Warriors have won. It's not always easy to get up for every game, but Pat Riley pointed to certain games during the season. Certainly, the games against Celtics, the Celtics were always one of those games, checkpoint games, good games for you to get a sense of where we are right now. And I think to a degree. It, this is that type of game for the Warriors. I'm not suggesting in, in any way that this is a must win, but you know they'd got up and gotten off to the bad start. They'd played better, but now they got two bad losses. And the narrative that oh they fixed some things. I mean, it gets harder to continue with that narrative if by chance you say, let's say you get blown out tonight after the the bad losses. So I know that there's two ways to look at it. Wow, the Warriors have struggled. They're not where they want to be. But if you look at the standings. They're right there. I know Monty Poole asked Draymond about that. Which way do you look at it? And he said both. So that's where they are last night. Uh, right now, I should say, that's where they are. Underscoring the importance of this game against a really good team tonight. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give us a call or shoot us a text here. Warriors this week, we're with you for the next three hours on 95.7 The Game, all the way up until 1 o'clock. And we've got uh, a busy day mm. of Warriors basketball coverage here on 95.7 The Game. As, uh, I'll be back with Warriors Live at 4.30 from Chase, and then the Warriors and the Celtics at 5.30. Warriors wrap-up after the game from the team shop at Thrive City Ooh. tonight, Whitey. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Stop by, say hi, and, uh, yeah, taking your calls and text. Had a, did the uh, pregame from there about a week and a half or so ago, and there were a few people that stopped by on, uh, during the pregame. So it was great to great, great to meet the wonderful Warrior fans. Yeah, great chance for you to pick me up something. You know, you pick up your, your buddy something for Christmas. I appreciate that too. And another thing that makes tonight special is the fact that you know everybody in the NBA has retired Bill Russell's jersey number this year, but the Warriors are actually having a ceremony uh, to honor that to commemorate that tonight of course it's the perfect opportunity playing against his old team the Boston Celtics so that another thing adding an element of uh, excitement and anticipation to tonight's game yeah no no question about it Uh, let's get into I mean a lot to chew on over the last week even though only a a couple of games since last Saturday but uh, I mean what happened we not get into what what happened how can we not get into the yeah I, I mean the end of the Utah game yeah. and just what a debacle that was with the Warriors. I mean, it looked like it was going to be, all right, one of these games where they're playing shorthanded and you're thinking, okay, it's going to be tough for them to win, although the Jazz had players out. And then they, then they hung in the game and Jordan Poole was going off and Jonathan Kaminga was really helping. They got a four-point lead with 13.3 seconds to go and they can't close the deal. A couple of turnovers, missed free throws, and then... Jordan Poole doesn't protect the ball. I mean, I dare I say, Whitey, a little bit of Harry High School in the final 13.3 seconds of that one in Salt Lake City? You do have to protect the pumpkin at this level. I know Jordan Poole felt, and I think he's right, he felt that he was fouled, but I think the officials had already established that they were going to let some of that go. I thought Clarkson was fouled on the play where he and Kaminga got tangled up. So, yeah, that was that was shaping up as kind of a, oh, boy, okay, we can win. Last year won a lot of games without the big names. Hadn't done that this year. Wow, we actually won this game. It would have been a big win, big feather in the cap, and then they, they gacked that game. I do think there's a really good chance, J.D., 
that we remember that game more for Kuminga's arrival than for the collapse. We'll see. It depends on how he plays from here, and he'll have his opportunities tonight. But it was just one of those absolute stunners where I think we all have the same reaction. You know, you're up six, got the ball. Excuse me, up one with six seconds to go, got the ball, and then you lose that game, and it's just like, wait a minute, what? How did that happen? So that's two bad losses in a row now, underscoring the importance of this game tonight. Yeah, no, no doubt, and and you had Steph Curry out, Draymond Green out, and along with Andrew Wiggins in, in the game against Utah. So to get that game, I, I felt in in some ways with who was out. When you look at the loss to the Pacers, that would have almost been a makeup win for the Warriors. Yeah, make it up for the Pacer game in a way to get that win, being shorthanded. Uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week, and I've talked about it a lot on the postgame shows, Whitey. Just the, the opportunity. I, I look at it more as a missed opportunity, not just the Utah game, but the Indiana game as well for the Warriors to get to a point where they were 13-11 and 11 after the 3-7 and seven start. And before this game tonight, which is going to have all eyes on it, and it's not to say the Warriors can't win tonight, but it's tonight. And then tonight is the last home game the Warriors have before Christmas. The wow. next home game after tonight is against the Grizzlies on Christmas. Uh, it gets a long homestand going, but that's two weeks from tomorrow, Whitey. And so we, we look at it, and I, I tend to think, you know, 14 and – 14 and 12, 15 and 11, you know, really 15, you're 15 and 11 coming off of the start. I think you're feeling great about yep. where you're at. 14 and 12, I think you would take considering the circumstances of now you're dealing with a, a few injuries, but, but 13 and 13 feels like a missed opportunity, I think, to, to really finish this stretch since the three and seven start, pushing yeah. and separating from 500. And, and now, Whitey, I feel like. They're in a little bit of a danger zone again. At three and seven, they were in a danger zone. I think they're in a danger zone going into tonight and with this road trip to where it's not unrealistic to think that they might come home from that trip and be under five hundred again because of the ins and outs of the lineup and a lot of back to backs and some of the injuries they're now dealing with. I agree. That's the point I was I was making earlier. To me, the narrative that they've righted the ship, it's a lot harder to cling to that when all of a sudden you got these two bad losses in a row. To me, JD, uh, I've had the you know privilege of doing this with you for a while now. And after that loss to Utah, I was trying to think when have the Warriors had a worse loss? We know last year they won the championship, but there were some bad losses in there. I settled on the loss uh, at Charlotte during the play-in game, uh, play-in year. That was when uh, Steph was out. Draymond got, I think, a late technical or two technicals got thrown out. They had a lead, and they had a chance to win a game in Charlotte without Steph, and they gacked that one. The loss to San Antonio where you know Draymond tried to draw the foul, that came to mind. But it was just a, one of the worst losses we've seen for the Warriors in, in a couple of years now. Um, and one of the things that was disturbing about it was, you know, Clay. All right, you did have Clay, and he, you know, didn't play very well in that game. And Clay and Poole, your guys that you rely on, all right, down the stretch here to take care of business, and they weren't able to do that. So uh, it's not, you know, it, it doesn't mean that they can't come back, but they're they're going to have to win a game here and 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 end this losing streak. And I do think, to me. We've talked about this a lot on this show. I still think I watch this team, and yeah, they got a chance to have a good year no matter what, but they're going to have to add somebody if they want to win a championship. I don't feel that need is as pressing as it did, it did when you know they were losing, they had a losing record, but I still think I look at this roster, and they're figuring a lot of things out. Draymond, as part of the second unit, has really stabilized things, but if the Warriors, this team, if they want to win a championship, I still think they're going to have to add somebody, and I think they know that. 
Yeah, I, I think it's be, it, becoming more and more clear by the day. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's ultimately up to them, I think, Whitey, to prove that they don't need that. Prove it to themselves. Prove it to, to all of us. I mean, yeah. more importantly, prove it to themselves that they don't need that. And I think Kaminga in his game could be a step in the in the right direction toward proving that potentially. But I, I, I'm kind of with you. Even if he does continue to fortify himself as a, a member of the rotation – they probably needed a minimum an insurance policy, and I'm even going beyond Iguodala, who they're counting on to come back and, and be able to be a rotation player, I think, down the stretch or at, at a minimum in the playoffs. Yeah, and I would, if I were a caller to this show, which I would be if I weren't on it because I'd be listening all the time, my question for you, J.D., would be, hey, J.D., you know, first-time caller, long-time listener, what is the Warriors' plan with Wiseman? And I'm not saying that it's wrong. I just, I, it's hard to understand. Is it just simply right now a matter with him of them saying he needs to play more? He can't help us now until he plays more. So is it really just a matter of them trying to get him minutes wherever they can, bring him up here and there? I know, you know, Anthony Slater, who knows the Warriors as well as anybody, after the uh, Jazz game, he wrote that. Wiseman had five of his most productive minutes, and I didn't really see that. I mean, he did some nice things, and he played with energy and effort. So that would be my question for you. What is the Warriors' plan right now with James Wiseman? I think it's to play him in the G League and and get him to boost his confidence. And I I think part of that also is not having his NBA value crater any more than it has to this point. And, and look, value is a constant. It, can, it fluctuates. It can go up. It can go down. But I think he played poorly enough in the opportunities that he had at the beginning of the year where if, there, if the level for him was at, you know, at a certain point, it had dipped based on how he was playing on an NBA floor. And I think then it had dipped with him not being able to crack the Warriors rotation but him sitting on the roster. So I, I think in a way – Sending him down, it, it it make the you go back up necessarily. Although I think it it keeps it from from continuing to crater. And yeah. I think that at least whether the Warriors want to trade him ultimately or not remains to be seen. But I think the one thing they they have to do is keep the keep the illusion that he has this great amount of value in league circles to the greatest extent that they can. What's really sobering to me, and I don't mean to pile on him. I hope he has a great career. But you look at like Walker Kessler with the Jazz, he's already productive, right? You look at, I don't know how much you watch uh, Memphis, Santi Aldama uh, last night against the Pistons. He had nine points and five rebounds. And he was, you know, I think he was the 30th pick or something like that. And he's 21 years old. You're seeing these guys that no one really knew much about when Wiseman was taken with the second pick. And they're, they're passing him up in terms of their, their careers. So I know the Warriors are, are trying to be prudent here. To me, it just looks like they have to, they've realized he has not played enough basketball. And we were hoping he was further along. Then he got the injuries. He just needs to play more because right now he doesn't have enough experience to help us with what we're doing. But it's discouraging when you see other guys, like I said, like Santi Aldama, and all the credit to him. He's playing better right now and contributing uh, more to his team than, than Wiseman is. Yeah, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. Warriors this week here on a Saturday with you until 1 o'clock on 95.7. The game, a lot to discuss with the Celtics in town mm-hmm. to take on the Warriors tonight. Final home game for the Warriors before Christmas. 
six-game road trip looms. And, uh, wow, the Celtics, they put a thumping on the Suns a couple of nights ago, beginning their western swing, uh, a game where Chris Paul was back. And I think it, it felt a little bit like a measuring stick game for the Suns. And, and the Celtics went in there yeah. and, and put it on them. They appear to be, Whitey, uh, a team on a mission right now. After losing in the finals, they are improved. And I, you know, we can get into this over the course of, of the show. I think they truly are the team to beat. Adding Brogdon and and just, I mean, just playing like a team that that wants to go get it after losing it the year before. Yeah, long ways to go, and things can change dramatically. But I'm with you right now. I think Boston and Milwaukee clearly are the two best teams in the league. Now it doesn't matter right now because it's not even Christmas yet. But yeah, Boston, Milwaukee to me. And the West is, maybe we'll talk about that. The West right now, ooh, there's there's a lot going on. There's a lot of teams you could pick. There's no clear favorite. Suns, by the way, I, we'll probably touch on this today. Uh, interesting situation at the end of their loss last night to the Pelicans, where the Suns got their feathers ruffled a little bit by Zion late dunk. But to your point, uh, Jalen Brown made it clear, I think during shoot-around, after the uh, the Celtics got her, he said, just so you know, we have not forgotten what happened in the finals. We have not forgotten that. So, yeah, clearly they're a team on a mission. Uh, their coach, they could have collapsed after what happened to Ume Udoka, losing him. Uh, Joe Mazzula has done a great job, and they have looked at what went wrong for them last year offensively in the half court, and they have addressed that. So far, it's working. Jason Tatum has expanded his game. He's a better playmaker now in addition to being an elite scorer. So, yeah, the Warriors, especially without Wiggins, they really have their hands full tonight. 888-957-9570-888-957-9570. Where you think the Warriors are at in comparison to the Celtics? So much continuity for the Celtics. The Warriors have their core, but I think with the completely different bench, uh, I think the Warriors have a couple of levels that they have to, to get back to if they're going to be championship contenders, currently sitting at 13-13 and 13 and out of even the play-in tournament. Now, you're only, a, what, a game out of being sixth and maybe a game and a half to two games out of being fifth in the Western Conference, so it all can change, and, and a win tonight can, can certainly flip it very quickly in a, in a positive direction with everybody feeling better about where the Warriors are at, but uh, big-time missed opportunity, I think. Yeah. The last couple of games, losing at home to Indiana and losing at Utah, and just the fashion they lost at Utah. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how many times in the last two days I've thought of all of the sequences in the final, really 30 seconds of this one, from Jonathan Kaminga blocking Jordan Clarkson's shot and those two getting tangled up and Clarkson getting ejected from yeah. the game for for his foul. And at that point, you're thinking, hey, the Warriors are up two, but they're going to win this game right there. Kaminga misses one of two at the free throw line. And then you have Clay Thompson loose with the ball, uh, but turnover to Utah. But then he's able to, to block a three to get the Warriors the ball back. And then Jordan Poole goes to the free throw line with the Warriors up three. And you're thinking, all right, well, that's it. He's he going to make at misses. least one, but pro yeah. probably both, yeah. right? You're yeah. counting on both. And he splits the pair to, to be up four. And then you just go back through the, the final couple of sequences. What was Clay Thompson doing? I think you could make the case the most egregious error of the whole final 30 seconds was Clay Thompson just absolutely falling asleep on Malik Beasley 
uh, as yep. Alexander Walker was driving the lane, and they're looking for any window to a three-pointer, and Clay just falls right off the Beasley into the lane and just stands there, doesn't challenge Alexander Walker, doesn't challenge anything. He just stands there, and uh, Alexander Walker kicks it out to to Beasley for a three to cut You're the lead to right. one, and then obviously yeah. everybody knows what happened with the steal, but, man, I just – most egregious blunder and a lot of blunders there in the final 30. Is it, is it Clay? I think yes. it's got to be. There's no question. You're absolutely right, especially given what we know now, which was that the Warrior defenders were instructed not to give up the three. And so <laughs> and Malik Beasley's this year is an incredible shooter. Now, I know there was a time not that long ago, J.D., where when uh, Nikhil Walker's uh, going to the basket, a player would never throw that. He would shoot the layup. He would never throw it back out. But in today's NBA, you have to defend the three-point line. And what Clay did, and you made the point, he managed to make himself just totally useless defensively. He didn't challenge the shot, right? He didn't defend the three-point line. He just kind of wandered into the lane and was just in that no-man's land where, hey, I'm not doing anything. And for a player of his caliber to make that play in that situation, a guy with his defensive reputation, you're right. I think that gets overlooked because of all the plays uh, with the fouls and missed free throws and a steal. That was a terrible play. He knows that he acknowledged that, but it's really discouraging when one of your core players um, makes that mistake. I will say this. I thought Kuminga was – I thought he was incredible. I know we've had moments where we talked about he had a good game here, good game there. I thought he had his best game as a pro. I thought it's really significant because he did that without Draymond. A lot of people have been saying Kuminga's playing better because he's played more with Draymond. So that was a real positive, the way Kuminga played. Hopefully he can keep it rolling to some extent. But I'm with you. The, the play-by-clay – was the worst play any Warrior made down the stretch of that collapse. It, it was, and it, it, it really it leaves you with you know Jordan Poole getting the ball stolen, not, not protecting the ball, Clay Thompson making that, that mistake at the level that he did, and it just it leaves you thinking, you know, man, Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson let the Warriors down, and look, they needed Clay to play. They needed his points, even though you look at his game overall and the bad shooting. And you know he did not have a good game on Wednesday night. But they needed him to play, and were better for him playing in that game as opposed to not playing in that game. But Poole goes for thirty six, and in the clutch moments, though, it's those two letting the Warriors down yeah, on a yeah. night where Jonathan Kaminga is going for twenty four on ten of thirteen, and Moses Moody's in the lineup down the stretch making a couple of big three pointers, and you're thinking, wow, this is how it should work with the young players being peppered in and helping this team. But then you've got two of that trusted top six, really top five even if you want to count Looney as the, as yeah. the sixth. But the, the trusted guys are the ones who fail down the stretch and, and ultimately leading to, you know, leading to that defeat, which, which sets you right back to 13-13, and 13, now going up against a Celtics team that's playing as well as anybody, and, and you're shorthanded with, with Wiggins out. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. Uh, those are the guys that if they miss a shot or something, okay, that's fine, but to make those basically mental lapses, in Clay's case, a mental lapse. And that, that's to me, that's been a discouraging aspect of his game since he's come back. There have been games where he didn't shoot well, and you could see that it affected other parts of his game. Was that the case here? I'm not sure. As you said, he was 8 for 25. He did make 4 of 11 shots. He didn't shoot the ball well, um, did have 22. But is that why he his concentration wandered? I don't know. But <laughs> uh, you just can't have that from a guy who's, you know, reputation is one of the best two-way players 
in the game. And for Poole, as far as that steal, I, I do think he was fouled, but that's going to happen. That situation, they're coming for the ball, and that's really not an excuse. He needed to protect the ball better. And you're right, for those two guys to let you down there, um, disappointing, deflating loss. The Warriors have had too many of those already this year. They have. 8 at 8 9 It left me with the question, and it's something we can get into here between now and 1 o'clock. You know, does the development of Kaminga or potentially Kaminga and Moody making a step, does that matter more than getting a win in a game that you know, I, I think these wins are more important than most right now, it, it feels like. I think there is this this overarching sense, Whitey, that, well, the Warriors can figure it out and they can get on a run, and, and I think they can, but the longer it takes for them to separate from 500 when you look at the way the Western Conference is, uh, it, it you're an injury away yeah. from being in a really dangerous position, and I think we're already seeing it with Wiggins out these last couple of games, and yeah, Steph and Draymond too, but... but even without Wiggins for a couple of weeks, if the Warriors had to do that, they would really struggle to beat any good teams. Well, why do you want to win regular season games? Okay, they're not that important. Why do you want to win them? Well, you can get home court in the postseason. The more games you win, the more you can potentially enjoy home court. You look at this Warrior team right now. You're going to tell me that home court's not important to this team potentially in the playoffs? Right now, I know they're probably a better road team than what we saw earlier in the year, but you look at the split right now, you can't convince me that, ah, these games are not that important. They got the you know, championship DNA. This team needs as much home court advantage in the posting as they can get, J.D. 888-957-9570. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. Uh, what do the Warriors have to do to get back to the championship level is that do they have enough on their roster as it's currently constituted? Celtics at Chase tonight. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And, uh, James Wiseman and the uh, young dubs playing last night again for Santa Cruz. We'll get you caught up on that. Coming back right here on 95.7 The Game. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. 
John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. We're rolling along here until 1 o'clock. 888-957-9570. Warriors and the Celtics wow. coming up tonight on 95.7 The Game. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, six months goes by fast, Whitey. It was <laughs> nearly six months ago coming up here, I think, within the next week that the Warriors won the NBA championship in Boston. And uh, we were on the air deep into the night following that one. Mm-hmm. And what a... What a special and just surprising series and just with Steph going off and in game four of that series, really games four, five, and six of that series, Curry going off and finishing the deal after looking like maybe he was injured at the end of of game three and what would be you know left and the Warriors are down in that series. I mean, I, I think seeing the Celtics, it's a formidable opponent uh, now, but it also I think is going to bring a lot of a lot of good memories back from from the recent history of winning that championship tonight. You know the Celtics up two one and then leading that next game before Steph went off. You know the Celtics thought they had that and they still think they should have won that series. Well, we'll see what the, what they do about that. Are you a fan of the three pointer? Do you like? I know you since you've been watching the game, the three pointers. Yeah. yeah. Well, then this is your night. Because Boston leads the NBA in three-pointers made per game at 16.6 per game. And they lead the NBA in three-point percentage at 40. And the Warriors rank second in three-pointers made, 16.4 per game. And the Warriors lead the league in three-point attempts. So no two teams attempt to make more three-pointers than the Celtics or the Warriors. So uh, it should be a fun game tonight. Three-pointers should be flying all over the place. Uh, somebody that was flying all over the place last night in Santa Cruz, Whitey, uh, James Wiseman flying all over the place. Uh, 24 points for James Wiseman last night against the South Bay Lakers in Santa Cruz. The uh, Warriors won 111 to 100, but James Wiseman, 27 minutes, 24 points. He was a plus 29. Wow, there you Ryan go. Ryan Rollins had a triple-double last night, but Wiseman, 9 of 10, uh, 24 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, he did have a s- couple of steals as well. But, yeah, uh, James Wiseman with his best game since being sent down. I I don't think he's seeing top-line talent. I don't think he's opposing many really good centers in the G League, right? I mean, no, just but does that fair. matter? But does well, that matter? Like, like, It's just something to keep in mind. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying, oh, it's meaningless. I'm just saying something to keep in mind. I just as I as I mentioned to you earlier, if I were calling this show, I'd be asking you, what is their philosophy with Wiseman? Because they send him down, he plays well, they bring him up, he has five minutes where it looks like, okay, well, there's something there, and then he doesn't play again. So I'm just curious. Uh, I, I, it does look, as you said, it looks like they just feel like he needs to play, and then we don't even know what we have with him yet, and until we see him play more. I think what happened during the week was telling as far as just how they feel currently about Wiseman and his ability to to really impact this team with the big club right now because I think it for it to take – and there was a break in the schedule and I think it, it just kind of worked out where you could call him up. They weren't going to have Draymond. They were shorthanded. It wasn't a full-blown developmental game, but it was pretty much a developmental game for the, for the young guys to get some run – they call him up against Utah, and I think a lot of people were thinking at the time, he's back. He's back. He went down. He he did his time, so to speak, and now he's back, and the Warriors are going to have a, a, a spot carved out for him again to try and allow him to play, 
and so I think for some, it was a little bit startling. And I, I was surprised that he only got the one shift. But, yeah, five minutes in the game Wednesday, and I thought he played pretty well. Mm-hmm, it sounds mm-hmm. like I'm maybe somewhere in between where Anthony Slater was and where you were on it. But I, I thought it was a good, energetic five minutes. And then it's, you know, after the ball game, it's Steve Kerr saying, yeah, the plan is he's, he's going to go back down. And, and it just it, this was kind of a one-off because we were shorthanded and he needs to play and all of those things you're, you're talking about. And I think the reason he didn't play more in the game Wednesday in Utah was essentially because the game was close and the, and the Warriors had a chance to win it. And I think that I, I think all of these things, Whitey, right now are tells as to just how the Warriors view James Wiseman and, and his ability to help this team this season. Again, none of these things are indictments of his career, although the longer it goes on and we are in year three, if there are, I think by the end of this year they can start to become indictments of his career a little bit, at least his career with the Warriors. But as far as how much he can help this team right now, I think we're being told every day, yeah. and we were told again this week. Yeah, and I wonder if perhaps there's an organizational split where you have some members of the organization that still feel like, look, we have a lot of equity in him, second pick, we love him, and maybe there are some other people in the organization who certainly it looks like the coach feels this way that, okay, but right now he's he's not helping us. The thing that is really interesting to me about Wiseman, J.D., if you just look at his raw numbers, even going back to his rookie year when he was, what, 11-6, and six, something like that, you look at the numbers he put up this year, you just put up his raw numbers and say, this was the second pick in the draft, this is a seven-footer, you'd say, man, that's not bad, right? Just the raw numbers, points, rebounds, things like that. But it's everything else um, defensively, plus-minus. You said he had a great plus-minus last night, which is terrific. Those, I think, are the things, especially at the defensive end, that are keeping him off the floor. But I could understand why people would look at his numbers and say, what's wrong with that? So it just adds a a layer to this kind of unusual circumstance we have right now with James Wiseman. It it really does. And and I think the other part of it is – and I think the the two are tied together. And it's all tied to this – last little stretch as the Warriors have dropped two in a row and now face the Celtics before going on the road. It's what do the Warriors have to do to get back on that Celtics level again or to get back to that top elite tier in the NBA again? How do they get better? Are they good enough the way that they're playing it right now? I think they showed some signs of that over the last month. I think the last couple of games have been a little problematic. We talked a lot about the fact that this team has not had a lot of injuries to this point in the season until this week, and now they have a couple of injuries or guys playing banged up and then having to sit out. And they lose at home to Indiana and lose in Utah as well. So it just it it's really fragile. And then the question becomes, well, how do the Warriors get better? If they deem that they're not good enough, and 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 that's a, a question we can ask, and and everybody can have their answer to it. But if they deem they're not good enough, how do they get better? Because I think you could make the case, Whitey, that their best way to get better is from the outside, but it also needs to be a player that's Probably a level up from a, a you know a buyout market type yeah, of player. Yeah, I, I agree with and, you. Yeah, and, and so if you know if if you're and that's even counting Nigadala, that's even counting Kaminga showing some signs of of life, and we'll see how he plays tonight with Wiggins out against the, all of the wing players that the Celtics have. But what I'm getting at, Whitey, is if this team's going to get better, how do they get better? Their best chance to get better in terms of making a trade would be to look at exploring 
a Wiseman deal. He, I mean, because he is just there. He is the one asset that I think you'd be comfortable giving up that does also have some value. I agree with you 100%. Uh, I'll say one thing on his behalf, one thing that I think makes his job in some ways maybe harder this year than it was last year. We know that whatever the issues are that the Warriors have with him, they're primarily defensively. Uh, and if you really watch, you can see teams just attack him. So that's that's where he's weakest. But we talk a lot as fans about rim protectors. Wiseman could be a rim protector. J.D., if you... You know who the best rim protectors in the NBA are? They're the guards that don't let the ball into the paint, right? And I think the Warriors yeah. are not as good at that without Peyton as they were last year, which which puts even more pressure on him. That's a weak part of his game, but it's even you know it's not it's not soccer where or hockey where a guy can stand there and just protect the rim. So sometimes I think we overuse that term. Oh, rim protector. It's harder for him to defend when this team is not as good at keeping other guards from getting the ball into the paint. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, Warriors this week at 95.7 The Game. Warriors and the Celtics should be a good one tonight. No Andrew Wiggins for the Dubs. Celtics been on a Western swing. They won the opener of that in blowout fashion at Phoenix a couple of nights ago. Both of these teams last in action on Wednesday with the Warriors having the debacle at the end of the Utah game with the Clay Thompson falling asleep on the three-point shooter and Jordan Poole getting the ball stolen from him and really what would have been one of the better wins of the season for the Warriors turned into just a, a calamity of a loss and now they're 13-13 and 13 again. Uh, it's all jumbled up, but on the outside looking in as far as even the play-in tournament goes currently uh, at 13-13, and 13, 11th in the West, and uh, just asking the question, where do the Warriors go from here on James Wiseman? Do they have enough as they're currently constituted? Uh, what have you made of Jonathan Kaminga's ability, Whitey, to, to play better basketball? And it just, he's not chasing his offense, which I think is the, the number one most, there's, there's two things. He's not chasing his offense. It's just coming within the flow of everything else that the Warriors are trying to do, whether it's a cut for a dunk or it's a putback or it's transition or whatever. It's a you know, short post. It's very simple plays, not ch- chasing his offense, but he has also seemingly embraced, I'm going to be an on-ball defender. I'm going to try to be and, and use my athleticism to be a potential stopper, uh, which I think is is something that the Warriors really could use at, at that position. He's been a pretty good on-ball defender of late. I think if Saint were on the show with you, he'd say, boy, you're right on the ball there, J.D. Uh, you're exactly right. Uh, the fact that Kuminga has been guarding, like, Luka, he's been defending other guards, <laughs> you know, like nine, 94 feet, that's impressive. But I think he's understanding now in this offense the importance of moving it along, moving the, not being a ball stopper. But I want to see what I got offensively. You take a look and you move it on. He made a play in the Utah game that I really noticed. And he had four assists in that game, which is real. That's really good. And he had five rebounds, which is nice. But there was a play where he got the ball on the left side, took a look at the basket, then he throws it out to DiVincenzo, who's kind of a trailer, as kind of a, a secondary break. And DiVincenzo hits a three. And Kaminga kind of put his head down and was like, it was like, 
yes, I did it. <laughs> you know, all he did was make a simple pass and they got a basket out of it. But I noticed that. And to me, that's very significant and shows that he now is developing more of a feel for what he needs to do in this offense. Then you throw in the fact that he was, what, 10 of 13. I thought he had a magnificent game, and I thought that was a real positive sign. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does tonight. You know, the Warriors are going to need him. Not that it's up to him to stop Tatum and and uh, uh, Brown, but those guys have been incredible. So the Warriors will need more of that from Kaminga tonight. No, they absolutely will. And I think when you when you look at, at Kaminga and his offense, I think the the beauty of it for him is the fact that it it's just his you know there, there's far fewer three pointers that are that are a part of this thing for him. It's I, I'm looking at his, his shot chart right. He hit the one corner three, yeah. which was a shot that he had to take. He was one of two. Uh, I guess one of three in in on corner three. No, one of two on corner threes. He hit. He took a, a one from the left wing that was from pretty deep. But I'm looking at at all of his makes, and he was nine of ten on twos in the game, and they're all at the rim. Every yeah. single one of them are at the rim. Dunk, you know, right at the left. You know, I mean, every single one of them are are in the paint, and I think that's you know, 18 points in the paint. He has an ability to impact the game. And do it without screwing up everything else the Warriors try to do, which which I think makes him playable. So it's it's really I guess threefold. It's it's energy rebounding, playing aggressively, right? Playing like somebody that was an undrafted rookie in terms of effort and energy, and not necessarily the number seven pick in the draft. It's not trying to do too much offensively. Paint points are, are the you know main component there. And and then just look to keep look to keep it moving uh, on ball defense and look to keep it moving uh, and and I think he's showing I think the most legitimate signs that he could be a member of the Warriors rotation moving moving forward here and and that would be a step from something they didn't really know they had a month ago. Yeah, I agree. He had only one turnover and two fouls uh, against Utah. So I'm looking forward again to seeing what he can. Uh, do tonight if he can keep it rolling. He had a magnificent game. And you mentioned earlier Moses Moody. And Moses Moody, you know, he's just been sitting there biding his time. 18 minutes, hit two or three three-pointers, had uh, six points in that game, hit two big shots. And that's one thing we know that he's shown in the past. You go back to Dallas last year. He's shown he can make big shots at times. Uh, and that's just really impressive for a guy that hasn't been playing to come in in a situation like that and contribute. So, that's another kind of a mysterious situation. We've talked about that, wondering why. How come Moody hasn't played more? I think it has to do with fouling too much and turning the ball over. But when he was called upon, he was ready. So good for him and good for the team that he, he was. was ready. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they needed that. They needed that. The, the the shots that he made and look, he had a bad first half going back to Moody, but he had a really good second half and, and helped him. So I think that's possibly a step. The five one zero in the Xfinity Mobile text line. Do you think Kaminga could actually be a two? I love his perimeter defense. I think defensively he might be more of a two. I think offensively he's a four or a five mm-hmm. at this point for the for the Warriors. So yeah, it, 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 What's I don't want to go too far down the road of Gary Payton the second, but Gary Payton the second was kind of that way. Offensive or defensively he was a one or a two. Offensively he was a four or a five. Yeah, two is what a shooting guard in Kaminga. You know, hopefully he can get there, but. He, he there's he doesn't shoot well enough. Well, defensively, he can be a, two, a one or a two, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that shot, as you said, at least he made one. He still is a little bit in love with that three-point shot we saw. I think in Houston he was shooting too many. 
Um, if he ever can make that shot consistently, he'll be unguardable, by the way. You know, if he can ever knock down threes at 36%, I don't know how anyone will ever guard him. No, I think that's – I think you're you're spot on, and I think that's where he has the potential to, to level up, I think, in a couple of years. Because I think his shot will get better, and at times he has shot it okay. Yep. Like, he, he's had – he's been hot and cold with it. Uh, over over the first couple of years here that he, that he's been in the in the NBA, but it's it it does need to be one of those where you might take you, you might you want to be one of three. I think is like your worst case scenario on yeah. that shot is one of three or zero of two. Mm-hmm. You don't want to end up where it's one of six and you just keep taking it. And there've been a lot of games where it does seem like he gets enamored with the three-point shot and, and wanting to be a, a scorer or an honor, honorary splash brother, but he also gets a little <laughs> caught in the, I've got the ball out of the wing and I want to you know put it on the deck like I'm, like I'm a Kawhi or a, or a yeah. Giannis. Or, and, and that's where it's just, no, all bad. Short yeah. post, make a cut, offensive rebound, transit, that's all fine, but none of this, you're out on the wing and you want to you drive somebody. Yeah, to me, there have been times this year where you could see him process the shot a little bit, like, open for a three, where last year he would let it fly. This year, I notice a little bit more of a hesitation as if he's realizing, okay, I'm not really supposed to shoot this, just a split second. And that's that's been part of his problem this year. You can see him kind of processing, what am I supposed to be doing? And that was the beauty of the game against the Jazz. There was none of that. It was get the ball, take it to the basket, get the ball, take a look, move it on. He played much more instinctive, and that's why I think it's so encouraging. seemed like he finally is – He's understanding, all right, this is how we play. I can play this way without having to stop and think about what I'm doing. 888-957-9570-510 on the Xfinity Mobile text line. The Warriors need Jay Crowder. I know he's a name that's popped up. He still hasn't been dealt from Phoenix at some point, though that's expected to, to happen. I still don't see any way the Suns allow Jay Crowder to get to the Warriors, and, and the Suns have now dipped. They they were up until the last couple of days first in the West. They're they're now sixteen and ten. They've lost three in a row, and both the Pelicans and the Grizzlies have have passed the Suns now, who have dipped to, to third at, at sixteen and ten. They've got to figure that out, and I, I just still yeah. Think, I, I, why would you help the Warriors if you're the if you're the Suns? Although maybe it's bigger than that. My guess would be that the Suns would say, you want Jay Crowder? Great. All right. You, you, you can have him. We're going to need a first-round pick. You know, they if they're, if they're going to move him on to the Warriors, they're going to ask for way more than he's worth. So I, I, I'm confused by that that speculation, too. It doesn't make sense. Um, I'm not sure where the where the Warriors go. I, you know, perfect world. If Jay Crowder were available, certainly he could help. And I think we've talked about him over the last couple of years. But right now, I'm with you. I don't understand – and I, I'm also a little confused as to why the Suns and Jay Crowder right now can't work something out and say, look, we really need you and we're paying you. Can you can you please play for us? But I, it looks like uh, that ship has sailed. And that's not that's not possible. Yeah, it does. And the other the other thing to keep in mind with Jay Crowder, I think part of the reason why he, why he's in the situation he's in with the Suns is the fact that they told him he's not going to start. Like they they right. told him, hey, you're going to be a bench. We would love to have you as a bench player. He wants to he wants to start and play 35 minutes a game, and that is a scenario that that really the Warriors don't have those kind of minutes for him either. They have maybe 20 minutes a game, right? 
And so, you know, would he accept that role even for the Warriors if you could get to a point where the Suns were comfortable in what they were getting back, probably from other teams, mm-hmm. uh, for, for the Warriors to, to get him? I, I think he'd be a great fit, but he's not a great fit if he doesn't want to accept the role that he would have with the Warriors. And, and again, yeah. I just don't see the Suns. Mm-mm. I just don't see the Suns looking to help the Warriors at a time where the Warriors look a little bit. They look vulnerable, flat out. I think that you know that's that's the that's the rat on the table right now, Whitey. I I think the Warriors put are that more rat on the vul- table. The Warriors are more vulnerable right now than than people are that than meets the eye because oh it's December and they're, the oh, they're playing a little yeah. they're playing a little better. They're the champs. Give it some time. The season doesn't really start till you know, March or May. Well, you, you gotta. <laughs> This team's vulnerable right now. Like they're de- they hadn't dealt with any injuries. Now they're dealing with some injuries. They're thirteen and thirteen. They're playing the best team in the NBA tonight. Who the hell's going to guard Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum for the for the Warriors with Wiggins out? And you know the the defense they they made the decision the Celtics they needed to fix their offense to what you mentioned earlier about the the three point shooting and trying to have more ball movement, trying to shoot more threes and all of that. But it's this game, but it's also this game plus. The road trip that's coming up, which is is no picnic, Whitey. Milwaukee no. and Indiana, uh, also Philadelphia and Toronto, New York and Brooklyn, and and a couple of back to backs there as well. A back to back to begin the trip, a back to back to end the trip. I would have felt a lot better about where the Warriors are at if they were sitting at fifteen and eleven right now and could withstand withstand a three and four or a two and five over these next seven. And still be above 500. You, the last thing you want right now, if you're the Warriors, is that feeling of well, they come home on Christmas, and you look at you look at where they're at, and they're oh, they're 15 and 18. You now coming 15 and 18, coming home on Christmas, and and now it, you gotta you know build it back up over another you know take you another two three weeks to get over 500 from that point, and then you're 500, and it's the middle of January, and then you got another long road trip like. To me, this thing is a lot more fragile, and the Warriors are a lot more vulnerable than meets the eye. First thing they have to do in terms of trying to fix any of that is figure out what the deal is with Wiggins. And obviously, they know more and he knows more than than, than they're obligated to share. But how bad is the strength, the, the adductor uh, injury? Because if it's really bad, you know, that's basically a groin injury on the inside of the thigh. Uh, those aren't the type of things that for a basketball player, you know, hey, take a few days off and now you're fine. Have some Advil. You know, sometimes that could linger. So we don't know. I, I don't think it's been stated publicly the grade of that strain, but and they know. But so they have some idea. But you got to get him ready and got to get him back on the floor. Then after that, I do think they have to address the roster. And I'm with you. My guess would be there's a very good chance that they the whole issue with Wiseman is they're trying to do whatever they can to increase his value. If they thought that bringing him up and playing him 20 minutes a game would increase his value, um, they'd be looking at that. But right now it looks like uh, teams are still looking at him as kind of uh, you know, a diamond in the rough. So play him in the G League, get his confidence up. But I think those – I agree with everything you're saying, and I think the Warriors certainly recognize that vulnerability. And right now it's – you know, things have started um, – solidifying, stabilizing with the second unit, but then you've got this week and this game coming up and the game's down the road. Right now, you're, you're, you're looking at a losing streak potentially. You have to address that, and I think it's Wiggins' health, and then you have to address the roster if you want to have anything approaching a season like what you had last year. And, and the reality is you probably can't address the roster 
for a couple of months, right? I mean, this is more of a, a trade deadline type of a mm-hmm, thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I know we get to the middle of December and there are a certain amount of players who had been signed that now can can be traded and, and some contract sh- shuffling type situations do do factor into that as well where you have more players eligible to be moved. So it really, this December 15th time is, is right around the time where you start to you start to hear about potential trades really for the next two months. It becomes, I guess, trade season in, mm-hmm. in the NBA leading up to, to Christmas, and every team now has played 20 or 25 games, and they have a good feel for where they believe their ceiling can be and, and the like. And and look, I think the Warriors can say that they should have a better record than they do if they had been able to finish. I know they were talking about it on the on the TV side the other night. The Warriors are 1-7 now if you count the Utah game in in clutch games on the road. So five minute game, five point game, five minutes or less. The Warriors are one and seven on the road in those games, uh, with the latest being being that Utah game on Wednesday. Yeah, and that's probably too many games to just be uh, the luck of the draw, the bounce of the ball. Something's lacking this year, um, and they need. <laughs> I think they need a, a, another player. Some of that was the early season doldrums. You talked about that a lot, as as a lot of us were you know, uh, pulling our hair out and you pointed out, Hey, this team just isn't ready to play yet. Um, because they won a championship and they had to go to Japan, but I think they're beyond that now, aren't they JD? And now it's just a matter of clay. You can't make a a bad play like that. You can't fall asleep on defense like you did against uh, the Utah jazz. Yeah. The margin for error is just slim and, and they have to, when they have opportunities to finish games like Wednesday, they got to finish those games. Uh, at, at, at because there are going to be either more games like them or fewer opportunities as the season goes on to win as easily maybe as the Warriors have, have done in the past. All right, one hour in the books. we got two hours to come. Full day of Warriors coverage here on 95.7 The Game, 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.